Sunday morning, church. Majesty, worship his majesty, and he is Lord. Let's talk to the Father this morning, church. He is Lord. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the freedom and the privilege we have to gather in your house this day to hear your word that we might instill it into our hearing and into our heart into our life so open up our hearing this day Father give us eyes that have your vision equip us to help this hurting world 
while there's still time. If there's sin in our life that we confess it before you this day. And when we leave the sanctuary this morning, we know without a doubt we've encountered the Holy One, the living Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Be seated, church. Next Sunday is worship at Bruce and Carol Gildersleeves at 10 o'clock, followed by a church picnic. Uh, bring your own chairs to sit upon. 10 o'clock. Bruce, is there anything we need to make that task easier for you? Amen. Uh, our place is Old Bailey to the north, uh, mile and a half. And then there's the end of Stimson. You go down to Stimson, second house on the right. 3311. Tuesday morning, 10 o'clock, they gather again to tie snuggle blankets. If you are a committee chair, if you would work on your Report for the church conference packet and see that Mary Lou gets that. Are there any announcements from any of you beautiful people this morning? While um, Pat and I are at fish camp, um, I'm going to need some volunteers to cover for junior church. Um, there's four Sundays. I'll have a lesson plan for you. I mean, books that you can figure out what you want to do. So I'm going to just pass this around a couple times. So if you feel adventurous, please sign up. We all get blessed in different ways. Anyone else with any announcements this morning? Then who has young disciples? Great. Well, I'm going to change it up a little bit, Pastor. Great. Well, well come on over here. Or are you going to sit there? Okay. Since we don't have young little like other than Grady, you, you can sit right in that second row. Hi, hi buddy. She's giving up. We're going to have the teenage disciples, since they're all right here. I'm not going to make them go up front because we don't want anybody embarrassed. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> they're scary. Okay, let's start out with a Bible verse uh, from Ecclesiastes. I think I said that right. Yes. Kind of, sort of. Chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. 
If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. And I walked off without the salt and pepper shaker this morning. When you go into a restaurant, do they just put a salt shaker on one table and a pepper shaker on a different table? Or are they always together? They're together, right? They just go really well together. Even though we might use more of one than the other. Kind of like peanut butter and jelly. They go together, hand in hand. Whenever you hear peanut butter, you think of jelly. Unless you're an odd one and like a little bit of honey on it. That's always good too. But the point I'm making is it has to do with friendship. And with school starting, we all know lots of people love their technology. And with friendship, it's important to look out for your friends. If you see something online that is not good and is dangerous, say something. Be a true friend. Being a true friend, if someone is hurting, you can help pick them up instead of pushing them down. And when you're using technology, remember, if you won't say it to the person's face, don't put it online. Because even though sticks and stones may break, may break my bones, but words will never hurt, words hurt. Words, words can hurt really bad. Especially when you're at school and you're around people all the time. Try to lift people up instead of putting them down. Okay? All right, let's pray. Our kind Heavenly Father, let's guide and direct these young folks with the start of school just around the corner. And let's remind them to make good choices in things they say as well as in their actions and how they treat other people at school. Just because they may not have the expensive clothing, it's okay. Jesus knows what's in their heart. And let's keep them safe. In your name we pray. Amen. like I did last week. Yeah. Pastor, we want to be good examples. Yes, I was being a good example. Yes, you were, and I, you did not eat a bite of it no, last no, week. No, I didn't. And I give you credit. Thank you. Appreciate that. I, I appreciate the credit. You appreciate the what? Yes, we have to give credit where credit's due. Thanks for helping last Sunday with communion. Protecting yourself? Yeah. 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 Yes, I am. Because that is one of my all time favorite desserts. Camp, my friend Ethan, he brings those down about four o'clock in the morning with some coffee, and we sit there on the banks of the Betsy and enjoy those. 
and I don't have enough willpower if I were to open it here not to follow my own rule. If you must. Uh, Ed Smith, his brother Carrington passed away early this morning. So if you would keep uh, the Smith family in your prayers. If you would keep uh, Ed's mother in your prayers and Ed and, uh, as they struggle with that situation. Are there other prayer concerns you have this morning? Who do we need to pray for? Ruthie, how's your treatment going? Doing okay? Two more. Yes, uh, doing, they're going uh, good, and I have two more. So I'm looking forward to being all done. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for their prayers. Amen. Well, uh, thank everyone for their prayers for those in my CMA group. Um, we have one of our members that you guys gave a prayer blanket over. Her name is Dawn Vargas. She's from Saginaw area. Anyway, we was over there and presenting her with a quilt from our chapter. And we found out that she has pneumonia along with the cancer and is back in the hospital. So please remember Mike and Dawn. Thank you. Um, I was misinformed about Carol Faith, and she needs lots of prayers on the 19th. They're going to do surgery and hopefully relieve some pressure, and she can get out of that coma and come home. Our Tennessee family seems to be having problems. My son, Nate, has got to have a knee replacement, and so he needs some prayers. The last one was rather drawn out and difficult. Uh, and my granddaughter, Alexa, and her husband, John, seems to be trapped in the, the new COVID run down in that area. Got praise on a prayer request. Almost 14 years ago, it'll be this week, Dennis was told, we're going to try and save either your wife or the baby, but we can't promise either. She's turning 14 and obviously I'm here, so that's a great praise. And then prayer request, we're taking the Sea Cadets camping next weekend. So definitely use prayers with that. I forgot my joy. I've been spending time with my granddaughters. Love it. Please pray for my mother. Her name is Dorothy. She fell. She's 93. She's in a rehab facility uh, down in St. Clair Shores. And uh, please keep her in her prayers. The rehab is coming. We're hoping she can go home to her apartment. Uh, but the rehab is slow. Amen. Hassan, yeah, uh, prayers for Cindy. She has this pain in her side. The doctor said they're probably going to have to go in and cut some nerves that they damaged, but I don't know. 
I don't know if this is a joy or a concern, but I know she's at home watching. This Friday we'll celebrate 50 years. I was going to say the applause wasn't for you, it was for your wife. So I, Cindy Richardson usually sits here or here. Uh, her daughter, Shauna, had a baby a week ago, and the baby was premature. He's three pounds. Um, he seems to be doing really well, but um, still need lots of prayers because there are some health issues there for him. So if you'd lift up um, Shauna and baby Madden, M-A-D-D-E-N, that's his name. Um, I know she and they would appreciate it, and so would I. Thank you. I'd like prayers for my son, Ronnie. I received a text on the way in that he tested positive today. Uh, we have a joy. Um, we had the joy of Liz, Reba, and Kim and I, and Kim's granddaughter, Chloe, went shopping, and we um, did 74 backpacks for all the kindergartners. It was a fun day. We went to Pueblo Viejo, and it was just a fun day. Anyone else? Let's talk to the father again then. And from the Brown City United Methodist Church, uh, we extend a warm happy birthday to Barb Nagy, who Mrs. Nagy is 98 years old this day. We ask a blessing upon her and upon her caregivers. Father, we thank you for Ruthie's positive words this morning on her treatment. And Father, we ask that the next two treatments will be easy for her and that uh, healing will start taking place in her body. COVID is roaring its head again in places. Father, I lift up little Madden to you. And Shauna, the mother, thank you for the nurses that will care for him. Father, it's hard to understand sometimes how the human body can endure so much. We lift up Cindy to you. We lift up Grady to you. We thank you for Hog Run 
and the money that was collected for the hospice. Alexa and Nate, we lift up to you, Father. We lift up unspoken requests. Father, I'm probably forgetting something, but you who are all-knowing. Father, I pray for good weather for next Sunday. And we'll leave it in your hands to determine what good weather is. Be with those who are away from the church this morning. Thank you that you meet us at our point of need and beyond. Hear us when we pray this day, Father, as we pray our Father. If the ushers would gather, it is noisy offering Sunday also.
Father, as the brothers bring the tithes, the offerings, and the gifts and lay them on the foot of the altar, we just ask your blessing upon them. We give you praise and thanks for the abundance of the blessings that you show upon us. That if we look with your eyes, our glass is always overflowing with your goodness and mercy. So we just thank you for the gift of each giver this day, Father. May it be put to good use in your church. We praise you and we thank you, Savior. Amen. Isn't it interesting when we pray for good weather? You know, we don't want it to rain on church next Sunday, do we? We're in the barn. Well, we, we had a cabin, but when it rained, the water came in. So we're not always protected from the structure, are we? There was a very wealthy basketball player who told his family, when I make it big, I'm going to get you whatever you want. So he made it big. He makes millions and millions of dollars playing basketball. He asked his wife what she wanted. She said she wanted a really nice car. So he bought her a Mercedes-Benz. He asked his mother, what would you like, Mama? You can have whatever you want. She says, I want a comfortable home. And the son says, what, what do you mean you want a comfortable home? She said, yes. She said, I want to go to bed one night. And I want God to let it rain. And I want God to let it rain so hard and all night long. And all I want to do is wake up not wet in the morning. So we look at things from different perspectives. I remember the Omar farmers asking me one time, Pastor, pray that it would rain. We need rain desperately in the field, so we prayed for rain. And the rain came. And the rain came, and the rain came, and the rain came, and the rain came, and then the farmers came, and they said, Pastor, will you quit praying for rain? <laughs> My point there is, your prayer is just as important as my prayer. So what you see your need in your family and in your community you have the authority in Jesus' name to pray for that too and believe in your heart and it can come to pass. I always find it interesting when there are some people who truly believe that if I can go see pastor, everything's going to be okay. And that's just not so. Uh, that's just not so. You have to talk to the Father. My door is always open. Here at the church, at the house, you're welcome there all the time. 
I don't have the power to answer your prayers. I've got the power to listen to you because God has given me a wanting and a listening ear and heart. But he's the only one that can answer your prayers and meet you at your point of need and beyond in James 5. Starting with verse 7. I think we lose right off the start here. Be patient. Any patient people in God's house? Not a hand went up. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. Oh, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains? You too, be patient, stand firm, because the Lord is coming near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters. You will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance, have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. <laughs> compassion and mercy. If I were to go a little farther in the text, Scripture asks us this question. And it's under the heading of power of prayer. Are you suffering hardship? I guess we have to determine what we consider hardship. Scripture says you should pray. Are any of you happy? (laughs) You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord Jesus. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. pretty simple for us church but why do we struggle as we do till Jesus comes what if he came this afternoon how many of you are ready right now I mean if he whispered your name right now and you took your last breath do you know without a doubt where you'll spend eternity but while we I don't even know why we use the word patient other than if you go to the doctor's office or the hospital and you are a patient of that facility but I'm not too sure that we understand what being patient 
and waiting in the Lord is all about. Because we get anxious, don't we? We want things and results right now. I went to the dentist this week. And when I walk in, the young lady says, well, how are you doing this morning? And I said, not good at all. How are you doing? She said, not good at all. She says, come in. So I go in and try to talk myself out of getting myself fixed. The doctor comes in. The doctor is uh, up there in age a little bit. Sits down. Tells me his spiel. He says, okay. Take care of me. So he comes in there with a needle this long. (laughs) Into the brain. When I was leaving, knowing that I have to come back again this Friday for part two, the young lady says to me, well, how are you doing now? And I said, probably worse than I was when you asked me that a few minutes ago. And you know what I did on the way home? I prayed. I prayed. I'm a sissy when it comes to doctors and dentists and needles. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And you know what God revealed to me? That I've grown up. I have. I took the advice of the professional And instead of having the tooth extracted, let him repair it. I hope that we've come to the point in our faith journey that we respect the great physician, the one who gives us breath, the one who calls you by name, that knows the number of hairs on your head and knows the last day you will take your breath and then you stand before him. I hope we come to that point. This world, as you know, we're born into a sinful world. Sin is sin and we try to justify it and we try to forget where we need to be. And I'm not talking about that we necessarily need to be in the building of the church. But scripture does say, uh, don't get accustomed to not assembling because it is good to assemble in his house as brothers and sisters. But our covenant with him, our relationship with him that never changes. And it's hard to be patient. Each Sunday when Cindy Rugenstein's name is mentioned, and we all know, we only know part of her physical pain and her journey, 
because we're not in her body, so we don't understand that. And then uh, the struggles that little Grady has had in his two years here with his physical problems, there's times when it's hard to be patient. It's hard not to lose uh, focus on staying positive. But there's only one that will keep us positive, and that's Jesus Christ, and that's our relationship with him. Until he comes, and believe me, there's days where, Lord, why don't you just come back today and all this nonsense will be done with. But it's in his time. It's not in our time. We have to wait. Be patient. While we wait till Jesus comes, we should establish ourselves in the word. In the word. You know... <clears throat> I don't quite remember how the comment was made, but uh, I believe this. I believe what's in here. But I do know some colleagues that uh, stand behind the pulpit on Sunday morning and they don't necessarily believe what's in here. It's taken me a long time to uh, come to the point where I, I can't focus on their, their lack of belief. I have to make sure that my belief is right, that I'm standing firm on the solid rock, and that I wait patiently, that I wait patiently, and I'm one of the most impatient people on the planet, but he's teaching me to be patient. And I had shared this about our Sutton Sunshine Church. They had some struggles on. Uh, they were in a situation where uh, the church was here and the parsonage was here and they shared the driveway and they were having a, a chicken barbecue one Sunday and the preacher was sort of mad at some of the people in the church so he didn't go to the chicken barbecue and the, the parsonage kitchen window was open and the barbecue smoker uh, blew smoke into the house and the preacher came out and him and one of the church members got in a physical altercation. I'm not going to beat any of you up. Not with these, even though I was a boxer in the military, even though our first son's named after my karate instructor, I'm not going to raise my hand to you, but I'll fight you with this, fight you with God's word, because this is the only thing that's going to save us. This is the only thing that's going to set you free. This is the only thing that's going to heal you, yet we struggle with it. You know, I, I wish... I've been pastoring for 26 years. I wish I had the knowledge uh, that Lonnie and Dan do when it comes to God's word. Uh, there's only one person that I know, Fran Baller, uh, who could go through Old Testament. And you, you, you ever get tripped up on the genealogy in the Old Testament on all those names and stuff? Fran could pronounce it so elegantly. But, but then I started to think about it. Most of us can't pronounce the names, so I really didn't know if Fran was pronouncing them properly or not. It just sounded good at the time. And for some people, hearing God's word only sounds good at the time, at the time of their desperation, at the time of their need. But how about in joyful times when all things are good? Shouldn't we praise him? Scripture said, in, in the joyful times, sing praises to him. Shouldn't we be doing that?
verse 9 of that text. <laughs> Grudge, murmur against no one. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. The door and the judge is Christ Jesus. He'll judge you. He'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Or he'll say, depart from me, I knew you not. So while you have breath, shouldn't we be working on our relationship with Jesus Christ? When troubles come our way, how many of you are happy when trouble comes your way? Nobody? Guess what scripture says in James 1 and 2? Consider it an opportunity. Consider it an opportunity. I don't know if you realize, but outside the, the institution of the building, the world is waiting for the church to prove them right. Well, that place over there is just full of a bunch of hypocrites. So when things are going haywire and we claim to be followers of Christ and we stray from that, we start griping and complaining and having these pity parties. How about if we learn something from it? An opportunity. You know, this is going way off board here, but I got to do it just for a minute. Because COVID came up a couple times this morning. Uh, we heard on the radio this week that if you get COVID, all, all you have to do is uh, wait like four days. Just wear a mask and wait four days. And then everything's good. No quarantine, no nothing. When will we realize that it's a scheme from the devil who's trying to rob you, and he has done a pretty good job robbing people of their joy, keeping people away from their family, loved ones dying in care facilities by themselves. There's worse things than dying. I think Brother, Brother Ed, he come into office this morning and my heart was out to his family uh, goes out to his mama. I'm not sure how old his mama is. Uh, I've talked to her a couple times on the phone when Ed's talked to her, uh, but my heart goes out to her. But I think Ed's biggest struggle this morning is that he, he doesn't know if his brother was saved. We all have that situation in our families, I believe. There's not everybody in my family saved. And if they take their last breath and Jesus is not their savior. Heaven and hell is real, church. Either we are followers of Jesus Christ or we're not. There's no gray area. You can come to church for 50 years and not know Jesus Christ. We went on vacation when I served the Sutton Sunshine Church and because I made a lady angry in the church over a bulletin board, ask her to, Grayling, what, what did I say? Thank you for correcting me. Yes, thank you. That's twice I got put in my place this morning. 
Tammy told me where to sit. God bless you, Jim. Just kidding. You following me, church? It's our conduct. For some people, the only Jesus they're going to see is you and me. There was a church float going down Main Street, Yale, with the name of the church on it, and people from the church sitting on the float, and a man walks out of the hardware store and sees one of the people sitting on the church float and hollers at him and calls him by name and says, I didn't know that you were one of them. That's sort of sad. Because if the world doesn't know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ by your actions, then you're labeled. I want my label to be positive. While we wait for Jesus, we have to endure our lot. Remember Job? Oh my. And Job kept his faith. And God said to the evil one, how about my servant Job? Well, what if he called you by your name this morning and said, how about my servant? Elizabeth, or Lonnie, or Ola, or called you by your name? How strong is your faith? It's a time when we in the body of believers, we need to stand firm in our faith. Because the evil one comes after us every day. Every day you're going to be tempted in this world that we live in because the world is make, making everything glamorous and beautiful and shiny. And, uh, when, when, I, when I become a millionaire from playing basketball, Mama, I'll get you whatever you want. Uh, honey, I'll get you whatever you want. And for one, needing uh, Mercedes-Benz is what she wanted. And there's nothing wrong with having and wanting good things. But what a different perspective than I want to wake up after listening to it rain all night. Rain hard all night. Lord, you let it rain as hard as you can let it rain. And I don't want to be wet. I don't know where I was at, but I got the call one time when uh, Karen and the grandkids were at church camp, and it was raining. Oh, yeah. And she said, there's buckets everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's a hole in the roof. It was. Because I, I don't know how many of you go camping, but there's nothing for me anyways. Nothing like being in your cabin or in your tent, in your motor home, when the rain comes, and listening to the rain. And you ever notice how you can smell the rain before it comes? Because God makes these things with such beautiful fragrance. It's not always flowers. It's the simple things. Ask God 
and he'll answer. But you have to talk to him. Any of you have, oh, where, where was it? What good is it, dear brothers and sisters? This is in James 2. Faith without good deeds is dead. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? So you can say all you want, that you saved, that you and Jesus are tight, You've been a Christian for however many years. But your actions have to show it. Best sermon ever given was without words. It was by the world looking at me and you. And by our actions, they'll know we're Christian. My preacher gave a message one time on uh, being an undercover Christian. Never knew really what that meant. But as time went on, I understood. Sometimes on Sunday morning, we put on our happy face. You ever notice when you're a door greeter, and, well, how are you doing this morning? Well, I'm doing really good. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you doing this morning? Well, I'm miserable. We never, we never really say how we really are. We want it to be like everything is okay. But for many, everything isn't okay. There's folks today that have to decide if they're going to have enough money for groceries or enough money for medicine. There's folks today... I found this interesting about a fellow that we've come to enjoy. He had a job. I thought he had a pretty good job. And he quit his job. Didn't have anything planned. Doesn't have a driver's license. So he doesn't have a car. And all of a sudden he realizes... I'm living with a friend. I don't have a car to drive. I don't have a job. And I thought, well, why'd you quit your job before you had another job lined up that you knew if you were going to work in Emily City and you lived in Brown City that you needed a way to work? Because we do things sometimes without thinking. We go through the motions of the church sometimes without thinking. It should be in here and in here. And you know the good news about that is that when we go out there, they're waiting to see Christ through us. But you have to be right with him. I trusted this old dentist. (laughs) 
my dentist referred me to this place, and when I called him up on the phone, she said, well, there's three dentists here. Which one would you like? And I said, I want the one that can handle the biggest sissy. And I got this old guy. And I put my trust in him. My plea to you this morning, church, is that you put your trust in him. I had a visit with some friends this weekend. I know you're watching this morning, Bob, and I love you very much. They told Bob when he was about, I think, 14 or 15 years old that he wouldn't live to be, I think it was 30, that you have so much physical things wrong that you're not going to live. Bob just celebrated his 75th birthday. Fought cancer, fought COVID, all kinds of health issues. When I first met him, I had mentioned to him, you should read the book of instructions on life. Because it's right here. You almost got away, buddy. <laughs> Hard to outrun a Marine, though. <laughs> the book of instructions of life is what we need. Let's pray, church. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your written word that is so beautiful in our hearing. Help us to apply it to our life. And Lord, as you tarry, continue to equip us. We praise you this morning, Father. Amen. Here I am, Lord.
Next Sunday is worship at the Gildersleeve's house at 10 o'clock, followed by a church picnic. If you're on Staff Parish, we have a Zoom meeting with the superintendent at quarter to three here in the fellowship room. So God bless you, church. And may God continue to bless America. Amen. Amen.